Good evening and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. We tried to record this morning and as soon as we hit play, the power went out in the attic. And so then somebody came and spent the entire day here. Right, because our house was built in 1916, which means all the wiring is... We had some of it fixed before the family had the, the knob and knob and tube tube or something like that. Yeah, I forgot but the old kind of one. But someone someone fixed it, fixed part of it before we moved in, but not all of it. <laughs> and so today, we probably spent a whole bunch of money. We don't need. He didn't even. He didn't. Tell he us. like he stayed said, from like nine to three. Three, and he's an electrician, which means that like you're paying for. A lot of money per hour yeah. and plus he had to do and then he didn't tell us how much it was he said oh, oh don't worry we'll bill you we'll bill you That's great. oh great 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 <laughs> for the first time though in seven years we turned on the light in our dining room yeah it worked when you first moved in and then it stopped working three minutes after yeah. we paid the as did that outlet that yeah. in the front, front way it so. is pretty amazing i mean i hope it's going to be worth the money so here we are at the end of the day, and as everybody knows, we're not as good at podcasting at the end of the day. Right. We're out of our usual studio. We're in... We're in our living room, which right. pushed all the furniture out of the way to vacuum. And we only have two children here because one child is taking a final. You may have heard the toilet flush in the background just now. That yeah. was one of our children. And then... Who we told to be very quiet over. Be quiet. <laughs> and then we have two children who've driven somewhere to go to a concert and one child is at dance so um that's why it's so quiet uh yeah i thought i would just tell everybody where where everyone was like it even matters so i can't remember what we were going to talk about this well we were going to talk about the coronation and we were also i mean i thought we were going to talk about me finishing your book (laughs) reading your book yeah, you finished it, and I, I'm still at, like, 51%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want to listen to it. I've been reading it so that I can highlight oh, yeah, yeah. all of it. Basically, I've been highlighting every But if you word. listen to it, you get a good over. So Mary Harrington, I'm reading them. It was, it's Mary Harrington's, uh, what's the name of the book? Feminism Against Progress. Okay. In it, though, she, like, she coins a new movement, reactionary feminism. Which it's is... not totally new because... That's been being talked about for the last oh. year and a half. Okay. Yeah. There's right. a bunch of interesting people out there who go under that label. Oh, okay. Well, it's new to me, which is what matters. So it's whatever new. wave that is, it's like the 10th wave <laughs> right. of feminism. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm I'm willing to say it's the turf kind of feminism, the trans exclusion. Hey, I'm all in for this. Yeah, I'm a, I'll, I'll be this kind of feminist. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a complementarian, but I'm all in for this kind of feminism. So You're uh, going to be... You're going to be a feminist now? Yeah, which we should talk about. I won't ever put a t-shirt on like that, but I won't ever say like I'm a feminist, but I'm saying this is the kind of feminism I can get on board with. This has always been the kind of feminist that I've been. I think it's the kind of commentaries you've been too. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, when I've said I was a feminist, you always reacted really strongly and were angry with me, but that's, this is what I was talking about from, okay, but you're also saying she's complementarian. This is like react complementarianism is reactionary feminism turf. Well, no, I mean she would not say that. I don't no, know. but what she describes, what she describes is, is what right. we've been trying to tell right. people when we do 
marriage instruction. Maybe that should be a teaser. We're just talking about it now. It should be a teaser. We should talk about the coronation and come back to it toward the end of the show and then carry forward into demotivations. Oh, is that how Oh, so we don't talk about this here. We talk about it over there. interested in reactionary feminism and what we just talked about. You can get us over on demotivations. No, we'll talk a little bit about it at the end of the show because we want want to be completely... We want to give our people who can't... Our person who can't afford... Who won't? You know, we have. I think we have a fan here who pays. We have a fan who doesn't want it. Who can't? Who can pay? So, so we want to treat both fans. We don't have fans. We have listeners. We have a listener. Treat both listeners equally. So we're admitting to have two two listeners after all these years. (laughs) We didn't. My mother and your mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cannot be expected to pay for our podcast? (laughs) That's just not a thing. Hey mom, I know you want to hear more about yeah. more of us. So, no, so we, woke we up at, did watch the coronation. We woke up at five o'clock and had our coffee, and then the coronation started at five thirty. I did not drink coffee you drank for the coronation. Tea, right? I would never wake up for the British coronation and drink coffee. That would be like <laughs> such a bad, such a bad thing to do. So, um, I thought it was a. I thought it was brilliant. I. I, I I know that, like, see, one of the in America, it it kind of intersected with the great Christian nationalism conflagration, okay. <laughs> of which, which still don't understand. Anglicans are kind of amused by standards. Like, because, why? Why are we talking about this? Yeah, it's right. not like we live in a Christian nation, right? Well, no, we don't. But like, how do you build? But one? if we wanted to, what would it look like? Well, no. You see, these guys are all post mill. So it's going to be a Christian nation at some point. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see. <clears throat> so. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I can't. So you might as well start planning it now. Like, oh, what's it, what's it like when like? we get to heaven. Yeah. What's, it, what's it going to be like? Um, it's going to be like this. If you have a Christian nation, this is what you end up with. <laughs> no, I, lo- I, loved, I loved every moment of it. Except for the, the only part I didn't like was the part with the weird singing sections. Like there were, there were three weird singing sections. With the one with the group in a circle wearing all white singing some song, and then two others very I mean, they they had good voices, and then two other times there were two men I think who stood up and in the middle of Westminster Abbey and belted out some song. They were oh, good. They the were, Welsh one was amazing. They were, yeah, they were I good. They, but you thought it was weird. Yeah, I thought it was weird. And they should, I should have all been choral. They're trying to include all of the nations they previously conquered as a, as a sort of a, I'm sorry. Here, sing the song during the coronation sing. of our king. <laughs> <laughs> that should be enough for you. I did. Yeah, no, I don't want to get into all of that. I know. Uh, never mind. So I yeah. have nothing to say. No, but like, so with the, with the, um, the, the procession to the that was pretty the military procession to the Westminster Abbey was Abbey was amazing and it was and the and coming back was also amazing. Um, I just wish we had. I just wish we had a monarchy. Your your favorite <laughs> part was when he put on his gold man. That was so amazing. His, his gold, he, his gold, whatever it was, tunic and his. A stole, belt. gold stole, and a gold belt, and a golden cope. I mean, it was, it was. 
that's what you do yeah. every Easter is you I robe yourself every... in gold. Yeah. Like exactly. Liberace. <laughs> it's basically Liberace. <laughs> no, but the, okay. So, it, but the, the, the thing I loved about it was that they didn't, I was worried because, you know, King Charles is, you know, I mean, you read various articles. Some In some places you read that he's kind of a resourcement guy, like trying to go back and, and uh, refound, reestablish uh, late medieval culture. And, and that's good. Like, so, so there's some Roger scrutinous about him, right? Yeah, um, he's really, he has lots of, of things to say about architecture. Yeah, which is really good. Like he doesn't, yeah. he hates modern architecture, which I, in, in my book, that makes him a great king. Yeah, he's Just, basically <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, so, but then, then he also has some, you know, I think some strange progressive views like on the environment and, uh, and he, he had earlier before his coronation, much, much earlier said he wanted to be the defender of faith or faiths or something like that. Instead um, of the faith. The faith. And that didn't actually happen in the coronation. He was, he's, he's a defender of the faith, the Christian faith. He did bring in a lot of, you know, Muslim representatives of other faith traditions, which I guess is fine because if you're king of England, even though it's a Christian, officially a Christian nation, not necessarily in reality because of what happened with the Church of England, but um, but if you're that's sort of a very understated way of saying. Yeah, we can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> that's our <laughs> but, tea kettle. But if you're but so our even let's let's assume tea. the Church of England was Orthodox, and that King Charles was a was a is an Orthodox Christian, which we, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his faith is like. Um, then it would still be necessary to take care of the people in your, in your kingdom who are, who are worshiping false gods and idols. Um, you don't want to persecute them. So that was, you want to convert them really. So I understand his, his, uh, even, they even, should be even able to all, come and give even, obeisance yes, and homage to the king. I guess right. I'm just wondering: Do they have to be the ones to read the lessons in church? Okay, now here's where we read. About. See, the, the the prime minister is a Hindu. Yeah, and he read the reading from Colossians, which said, which was pretty amazing. All things were made for uh, by Christ and for Christ, and then he had to say the word of the Lord after that. I thought yeah. that was awesome. That was great. I mean, yeah, it was. You know, so I think if we lived in a either positive Christian world or a neutral Christian world, I would have been like, I would have been like, raw, yeah, awesome. He had to say the word of the Lord. But given that the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Church of England has just committed itself to Satan, like, I didn't feel raw, raw. Like, okay, it's great that they read Colossians. It's great that a Hindu had to say the word of the Lord, but it it's like and not... all the old prayers, all the sixteen sixty two prayers yeah. for the Eucharist. It just and felt for, really hollow to me. And for the and all the prayers for the coronation were used in traditional in the traditional way. So I thought that, and they didn't use the prayer that we were worried about. Like last time we podcast, we made fun of that prayer. Yeah, they, didn't they use must it. have axed it. They must have they axed they it. They must have listened to our podcast. Yeah, yes, all of England can thank us. Um, okay, so but here's the thing though: like we're not Donatists, so even though the Church of England has fallen 
and become apostate, and Archbishop Welby in particular is an apostate. Um, the prayers, I mean, God, God, God the, 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 the efficacy of setting Charles on the throne isn't vacated by the lack of faith of of these particular ministers because the the prayers God's grace is not dependent on the personal faithfulness of the one giving the prayers or or performing the rites. I so hear what if you're you take saying, communion from a, yeah. from a heretic, if he as long as he's not like changing the words up, so you're like, okay, you know, if the if the if the if the words of institution are there, um, then you're taking communion. You you receive by faith what Christ has promised. Yes. Right. I'm so just it's not hollow. You're you're a heretic. Hollow. If you think it's hollow no, because it's of spiritually then you're a Donatist. You're, you're like vacant. You should, no, you you're a heretic. <laughs> I'm not the heretic here. <laughs> I can't can't two things be true at the same time? Like can't it be true that yes, sure, they did a real thing and it was great that the prime minister prayed his or read the lesson and at the same time it it, it was uh ironic and tragic for Archbishop Welby to admonish the new king to stand on the authority of scripture while he himself was not willing to do that and that it's basically you know vestigial like most people in the building didn't believe in god most of the clergy don't believe in god now Who you knows don't what the king... you don't know that most of the people in the congregation don't believe that I kind of think I, kind I of know think that, I, I I looked at some part of the list of people who arrived to go to this coronation, and it wasn't like a long list of, of stalwart believers. Well, it was a bunch of they, celebrities and Dancing with the Stars, and <laughs> a, okay. um, what Tom Cruise decided not to go because he went to some car race, but he was invited, and I'm sure there were believers there. I'm not saying there weren't. I'm just saying when a a nation commits itself to the worship of other gods, the then when everybody stands up and says all the proper prayers, it feels So vacuous. someone was making that point, like someone was saying, you know, people who are against, and, I, and we are just for the record, we are not entering into the Christian nationalism debate, but someone who's against Christian nationalism uh, said, oh, it was making the same kind of point you're making. He's like, pointing out that Welby doesn't have, you know, this is, this is quote unquote Christian nationalism. Well, okay. No, it's not because that, they're that, not that, very Christian. So yeah, who, 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 his point was, look at look, look, Christian nationalism doesn't work. Look at how, look at how hollowed out the ceremony right. is. But it but did work for a long time. That's what, for 1500 years. It worked great. Until the 21st century, from the 6th century to the 21st century, was, England was a Christian nation ruled by a Christian monarch with Christian people. And yeah. so, and, and they so, did a lot of wicked that's things. That's a pretty good run. 1,500 years. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's longer than the Roman Empire. Yeah. So I, it's, it's. So that's why I feel sad right now because right. it was a Christian nation. Yeah. And it was beautiful a lot. And okay. The heritage of colonialism was obviously wicked. And, uh, but just like our heritage of, of horrible abortion, um, 
following on slavery, there's it's possible for a nation to, to commit wicked acts and then repent and still receive the grace and mercy of yeah. God in a corporate way. Like but the fact that the West Western nations who were Christian decided not to do that is really tragic. And I mean England, by the way, was the first one of the first ones to get rid of the slave trade. I mean they, they, yeah. they, they, they were like No, they were they, and they, they were fighting against on slavery. On, I mean, yeah. on a lot of yeah. issues or and even in even even in their repentance about colonialism, actually, this royal family did a lot to mm-hmm. mitigate against that heritage and to press into, as one says, the the good things that came out of what what people meant for evil. Good things came out of it. The Anglican Communion is one of the uh, greatest goods that could have come out of something that began in an evil way and similarly the whole mission the whole uh, evangelical mission orientation of america of sending yeah. missionaries abroad through that whole period uh yeah sure colonialism began in a bad way but then the nations heard about christ so stop feeling so guilty and you know rediscover your own faith but i thought i mean i I thought it was heartbreaking actually because i i was happy it looked like charles was moved and i thought that was really great like he obviously felt the weight of of responsibility and but it was i felt like um well lamenting (laughs) and being sick to watch justin welby be the person that accomplished this right and i don't it's not because i don't think he can't that god can't do what he's gonna do but because actually have, i think it heaps it could have up, been much better it, it heaps up more judgment to him mm, yeah that he yeah. stood there and told charles to stand on the authority of god of the word of god like that's a you should if you're practicing for the liturgy and then you're like oh no i yeah i just betrayed the faith you know what maybe one of these other guys should come in here and like say this line because right. i should repent <laughs> i i mean i did i did i was i was bemused i mean i've talked about phil johnson being like the rishi sunak reading the bible is like the woman the girl the demon possessed girl that Paul cast the demon oh, out. Oh, right. Because she was saying true things, but Paul didn't want people to listen to her say right. them. Right, and that's just possessed. like this. Right. And I, that's not, that's a weird take. Yeah. That's a very strange take. Yeah, I mean, the, the uh, I don't think anyone is going to listen to this person read the scriptures and become a follower of this person. And that was Paul's concern about the demon-possessed girl, is that they were going to, Listen to the demon possessed girl and be be deceived by demons. You because sometimes demons do say true things to hook you in, right? Well, well, I mean, I mean and I think well, we're seeing that demons are saying a lot of things in our various like there's a lot of uh, wicked things to listen to in our culture. Right. So hearing Colossians read out in church, whoever reads it is is not a win for Satan. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah, it's I, actually the word of God, and yeah. it's 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 it, that's power more powerful than this Hindu person's lack of faith. Right. I mean, that's so yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So no, that was good. I mean, I I uh, I, I do wish, and I said this on Twitter, but I'll say it again. I wish that Cram Archbishop Cramner had had written a coronation homily. Yeah. That would just be requisite. That you just had to yeah, read you had every, to read coron- that every coronation. You can't, that you would can't be- just whatever it was that he said. Well, no, I think he said you guys are wonderful. You're doing great. You're, You're wonderful. Just keep doing right. that. There should be there should be a list of things you're charging the king to do, and then the, and then yeah. the declaration of the gospel, and then amen, amen, right. And it should only. I mean, it was it was, it good. was, it was mercifully, mercifully short, short, right? Short. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but I think that Charles would have listened to a person telling him about his office at that moment. Yeah. And the nation would have listened. But right. our, Justin Welby doesn't have any authority. authority. And I mean, and he he said what one would expect, and that's all he should do. So good luck to him. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I do wonder, I mean, you know, Queen Elizabeth, I believe, had faith, had genuine faith in Christ. So I wonder how and whether any of that's going to pass on down to any of her any of her progeny. Like I like, I think Charles is a genuinely curious man about about the faith, and it would be great if he actually became a, a Christian. So we should, I don't know if he is or not. I don't know, but we should pray that he if he is one, it's very. He's he's very subtle about it, yeah. <laughs> so, so so we should pray that it becomes more bold. Um, but William and Kate, I mean, I, they they seem, I mean, I, they seem like nice people. We don't like, know them at all. I know. Well, yeah, they're William very and elegant. Kate, you know, yeah, just, yeah. We we hang out with them all the time. They look if very they, decorous. <laughs> they look the part to perfect. But I like his their their attitude through the whole thing is really nice. It's this it's, we have it where we are, you know, the, this we have been born into this place. And into this office, William has, and so and she's married into it, and so we're going to perform our duties, yeah, and we're not going to make it about ourselves, yeah. It's not going to be about about us. It's going to be about the larger, greater thing that God and His sovereignty had put us put us yeah. into, right? I think that's really respectful. I, I like that. I mean, that. it's a very old fashioned. <laughs> yes, that's what I. That's what it, I thought was so interesting that that sort of came through strongly. And in that way, the royal family has more moral and spiritual depth than yeah. the Church of England, and I—that's so tragic. I mean, it's good, and take—I guess I'll take it, but it's also really tragic. The Church have more spiritual depth. The Church should be prophetic, speaking to the royals <laughs> about their duty and their honor, and but but they are getting it somehow on their own. I guess probably by just yeah. you know. Well, it would be wonderful if Elizabeth faith somehow passed down to one of them yeah to one king after her like maybe charles or, or if william were an actual became an actual christian i, I, I don't know i don't i don't know his name became maybe he is um, can do anything of yeah course. and or or what's the little one's name that he's gonna ask george george right <laughs> yeah one of those guys were an actual christian king who dissolved parliament and said this is what we're going to do who who fired the archer of canterbury and put I mean, real Christian, that'd be amazing. So, amazing. Um, so of course, you would probably the monarchy would be just you know, taken down. But after think, that, but, I mean, would people even care who the Archbishop of Canterbury was? If they did that at this point. If if the King of England were to vacate, were to say, we're trying, we're we're to try and take Archbishop down, 
because of the sexuality stuff, I think England would be a volcano. I mean, and a, well, yeah, because it's, I mean, because England is committed to the sexuality yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I have a a really really unpopular take here. I if you think my if you think my take on the spiritual vacuity of the English churches is a downer or unpopular. I have an even more unpopular take. And that is that I had a really hard time with, okay. And I, it's great that there's you're a woman, You're already apologizing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm really sorry in advance. I think it's so great that, that what's her name? Penny. What's her last name? Oh, the, the sword. The sword. The, the, she's in charge the of woman parliament. Lying in a sword, lying in a wait, getting a sword off. Yeah, I know. There's somebody who's like, <laughs> this is the first woman in British history to hand a sword to a king. I'm pretty sure I was like, Lady of the Lake. It's the second one. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's not that I, I, I'm basically really pro woman, but I have been radicalized by. Mary Harrington and others. And so to watch a woman have to hold that sword that way for the whole service and stand there really bothered me. It just really bothered me. I was like, she, a man should have to do that. She should have gotten to wear like a, a golden gown as the head of parliament or whatever and sit in a chair. People were talking about her dress. I wonder. No, I know. And she was, and everybody was like, oh, she's the star of the, I didn't, I thought, of course, every, Charlotte, Princess Charlotte was the star of the show, as everyone said. That's, <laughs> that's more true. But, um, sure. Her, her outfit was impeccable. She, maybe she, there was a nod to Anne Boleyn, which is weird. I don't know about that. But just in, sort of common human terms i'm tired of the empowerment of women i think the empowerment of women has turned out to be such a drag and it's not fair like the empowerment of women when it means that the woman has to stand there holding the sword for the entire hour and she doesn't get to sit down and no man will come along and be like can i hold that sword for you because that looks it's heavy, heavy. <laughs> <laughs> really bugs me so i'm sorry cancel should, me right, if you want good, this is a good transition into mary harrington but before we do that um uh, we should say that the uh i should say <laughs> not we because i'll be the one speaking here oh um and you can disagree or agree with me. Um, am i allowed but to i i thought I, I i just women england has female bishops which i think is just it's it's ugly. It's really aesthetically unpleasing. Right. I mean just it isn't nice to watch a woman in those particular robes with the, the short hair and the one woman had her hair shaved. Four, and, very yeah. forward attitude. And that mm. and by saying that I don't mean that I'm for the suppression and uh wreckage of women like i think the women should, are human i think women are human they should be allowed to speak in certain uh, <laughs> situations like podcasts but it, what it's not it, it's but it's no more attractive than justin welby standing there yeah. and apostatizing like the whole thing from start to finish 
in the English church is really jarring because the architecture and the music are amazing. And the, and the, and the gift that we, the heritage of, of Anglican Christianity is so beautiful. But to watch it be trampled under yeah. the feet of people who are committed to their own empowerment is really unattractive. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's this thing. And they, you know, I don't believe women can be bishops, but that's the ACNA believes that too. Or doesn't believe that they can either. Um, so, but there's, I mean, we're talking about this from the this, the aesthetics, which I think you're in, in the coronation ceremony. That's what stood out most is the aesthetic, ugly aesthetic. The aesthetic, like you're right. There, there's this sense of we're going to do this because we're women and we can. And, and of course they were they were they weren't saying they were all in their robes nope, and know, they're all know, walking know, along. Know, but but it's it, that's underneath. It's it. like that's, underneath. It's yeah. the undercurrent of yeah. It's not hostility. We're the ones who are hostile, <laughs> but um, of the undercurrent of self empowerment yeah. is so contrary to the gospel that it it doesn't look nice on right. the television screen. Right. So we should switch over. I mean, just like okay, we have five so, minutes. To talk about, about we'll, we'll, let's, just, yeah. let's just talk a little bit about Mary Harrington. We're going to we'll go tease yeah. Mary Harrington, and then we're going to so, jaunt over to demotivations. So here's, I can actually say why I I felt the, the first time I'm happy with the term feminist. Yes. Um, and I the, she she traced out the history of of the relationship between women and men from the pre-industrial the pre-industrial era to through the through the industrial revolution and to now right Let so me just say that if you um, like mary harrington you're gonna love the gender book that she quotes so extensively okay well what what, what her point is is that like before the industrial revolution men and women had just natural distinct and separate roles in every culture there were just things that women did and things that men did and there were women had productive roles in the community like so you know textiles uh, making well, clothing where uh, i grew up yeah. the what when you if you asked what is what is a woman the answer would be the person who gets who collects the wood and carries it on her head to heat the bath water for her husband <laughs> that's what a woman because that's is. just what you that's just what women that's do, just right? what women do and in every culture there's are. something like there's some kind of distinction there right it, this yeah. is, is, is just natural just just you there's every culture has it um and then and and so you and so there's a mutual respect between the sexes because you know women you, you need the women to carry the yeah you need the women <laughs> to carry the or you know or to make the make the pottery or to or to or to make the uh, on the grain or, and you need men to be do the other thing i mean it's it's, it's there's this kind of mutual mutuality there that she notices and it's of course Men are, are are dominant in one sense, and the of course they're the the they take the leadership roles in, in almost every culture, um, as God has made it um, to be. But women also exercise a lot of power in those cultures because they, in a feminine way, right? The, uh, well, women... it's, a, it's a totally which I mean, I remember people said this for, you know, the whole last century. People there's there's a there's a different kind of power that women, it's not overt, it's implicit, it's not, I mean, you, you have to have eyes to see right. how women are, are 
exercising the power that they have. And when they have to exercise it overtly or on the terms of men, they actually lost, they they lost, lose lose an immense amount of what made them uh, a a good member of society, made them human in some sense. Yeah, so so the so the yes revolution comes along, and in in large parts it it reduce it takes away the 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 work of women, it it, it removes that that kind of community inter, inter, integrated uh, family integrated work that they did before the revolution and so industrial revolution yeah and so after the industrial revolution you know what you have is women kind of taking care of the products of the revolution, like, you know, overseeing the washing machine or the dishwasher or the... Or well, they the, become consumers. They become consumers and then cares. For, so they, so what, so in the, during the industrial revolution, what, in, in a kind of a desperate attempt to preserve what was there before, um, there, there was the, the invention of, romance culture and you know because before in the pre, pre before the industrial revolution you had women uh people were married usually by arrangement um and they learned to love one another in the, in, the, in the course of the marriage but after the industrial revolution all of that the whole structure the whole substructure of of communities was was dissolved so they had to figure out a way to get women and men together um that would maintain the core of marriage and um and one way they did that was was this idea of kind of the romance she calls it affectionate marriage affectionate. Yeah, yeah yeah where i mean that affection and esteem and respect between the spouses based on intellect and virtue become the only bulwark against the sudden imbalance of power that there that, that was created because women lost everything everything during right. the industrial revolution so think about the 30 the proverbs 31 woman is a great example of what mary Henry is talking about the proverbs 31 woman is a pre-industrial woman who is doing a lot of stuff i mean she's like producing a lot of stuff and she has authority and and she has um power but that's all but in but what does she she doesn't have to have, she doesn't have to weave anything after, after this revolution. She doesn't like right, after things you see her doing in Proverbs thirty one. There's yeah. no reason for a woman to do. She and, doesn't and, have any servants. And... Right, right, exactly. So, so then, um, then what blew that up was the 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 revolution, the sexual revolution, the the, the creation of the pill, and the widespread use of uh, contraception, contraception and abortion. Um, which essentially desexed women and yeah and then and i think we should probably stop there and go to demotivation oh yeah because so we have to so um, her 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 recipe for getting back to what is essential is to do away with all technological innovations that interrupt reproductive cycles of men and women that would restore yeah i do just as a parting shot want to say that Harrington doesn't go around saying, oh, I'm a historian. And also, she takes all of the same facts that everybody else 
other kinds of quote historians take. And she tells a story that actually deals with the data and that isn't this sort of utopian, progressive, right. weird, uh, woke We can build thing. a world like this yeah. when there's no possibility. She can look at the past and understand it in a way that many people today are unable to do. So on that note, follow us over if you'd like to demotivations with Anne and Matt. But uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. And we'll, we'll be, we, we will really try hard to be back next week.